This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. And this hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors and our almost 4,000 members. And the goal that we have is to tap into all of the resources that we have from those 4,000 members and provide our listeners the real facts and the real stats about our, our local market. You wouldn't want to go into a basketball game unprepared without a game plan. Well, real estate's no different. You want to um, have a game plan, and the coach is your realtor. So we're going to try today to provide you with a lot of good information so you know what's happening. And um, this guy's been here before. You've you've heard him before, and and we still had him back. Right. <laughs> lucky me. <laughs> lucky you. Lucky, lucky listeners. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that would be Rip Hovde. The sales manager of Remax Gold Correct. here in uh, Fresno. Fresno. Yes, sir. All right, welcome. Thank you. And um, okay, because you're a sales manager, I would think you you run into more transactions than just if you were just an agent, because Correct. you have your uh, agents coming to you saying, "Help, <laughs> what do Correct. I do?" Correct. And so, um, let's talk about some of the things. In fact. Let me start off with, yeah. let me take get your take on today's market. Here we are, July 2019. What's that real estate market like? Uh, that's a great question. So um, there's a lot of information out there right now, um, but I've been focusing for the past two weeks is I've been watching the uh, recent price reductions in the local MLS. So I've been tracking that um, daily, and for the past uh, seven days, we're seeing 200-plus price reductions in our local MLS. And this morning, I just checked it again, and the past seven days, we're at 174 price reductions. And we were at, what, two months' worth of inventory of basically 11, 1,200 homes active right now. So we're seeing a lot of uh, pressure on the homes to sell. So just uh, FYI to sellers, let's listen to your realtor and let's price it uh, the right way. And sellers need to come back to the negotiating table. Correct. A couple years ago... They could list it, walk off, let five buyers fight over it. Yes. Um, not anymore. No, it's actually kind of unusual. you got some really nice houses out there that are sitting there. Uh, price per square foot is the lowest in the neighborhood, and still no offers and very low, very, very little showings. Mm-hmm. It's, kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, we could have a house sitting there for 30, 60 days, and all of a sudden, pop, we'll finally get some off- showings and some offers. Okay, now. I've been asking this question of many, many of our guests because cause I actually don't know the answer. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm asking because I'm, I'm trying to find out, too, where, where the market is. And, and I almost want to say where the market's going, but maybe going's too strong of a word. Maybe yeah. it is what it is. Yep. Uh, and, of course, I had the opportunity to sell real estate for Long in time. the eight, yeah, long time, eighties and nineties, where it was typical for a home to sit for ninety days before one buyer came. Right, you know, ninety days is—I mean, we're nowhere near that. So we're still above normal. Correct. 
and the average um, rate of increase for the average house is what three percent. So we're still we're still going up, but we still have to have the buyers come in and put the offers on the house. So we are seeing it slow down as far as the showings, mm-hmm. and that's a good point. Hmm. You, you just brought out a, a, an interesting point because I'm sitting here scratching my head thinking, you know, the numbers are almost the same. Right. Sa- the sales, uh, the amount of sales are close down just slightly. Right. Um, nothing earth shattering. Oh, earth shaking. Shaking. Uh, yeah. I that, felt it yesterday. <laughs> I still haven't felt an earthquake. No. Uh, yeah. Even last night, I was at Grizzly Stadium. And you didn't feel it there? No. That's a good thing. Yeah. When I came back to my seat, and maybe it's because I was in the beer line. Yeah, but, that's it. <laughs> but when I came back, everybody's talking about, oh, did you feel that? Yeah. I was, no, I, I missed it. I felt July 4th, I was actually working, meeting clients in my office on the second story, and felt it. I mean, the table was, you know, making some good shakes. Mm-hmm. And then last night, we were at a birthday party, and you could see the water in the pool going up and down. Mm-hmm. And actually, my equilibrium got off a little bit because I'm looking at the water, thinking I'm on a cruise or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard of some people that actually went and got underneath the table. Yeah, I'm going to get out in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, but where was I at? <laughs> the market. The market, oh, of course. So the numbers are almost the same. Price, median price yeah. is still going up a, li- a little bit. Correct. But yet things are taking longer. Yes. Now, maybe what this reminds me of is back in 2008 and nine, after the market had crashed and hit bottom, the numbers still weren't good, but we noticed activity was different. You started seeing the phone ringing or hearing the phone ringing more. Yes. Um, More cars in the parking lot at the real estate office on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, So that was a non-statistic to show you what's about to happen. Right. You know, now we also see, uh, like at our local association meetings, they're thinned out a little bit. Uh, right now, that could be from the holidays, but they have thinned out a bit. So um, it's a good point, though. I think it's just a, it's a, a market we haven't been used to in a while. So just trying to help sellers realize, listen, um, it's the days on the market are probably going to increase. Um, and if we hold, if you've got your, it's going to be major for the sellers right now, that the current buyer is looking for a good price, the home that's in moving condition, and the right location. They're coming in. That's what I've noticed on. The people can't see the home fixed up the way they want it. It has to be done already when they get there. So they want the granite counters, the new carpet, the new paint, the you know, newer roof, everything updated and fresh. If there's one item of the group that's not updated, they can't see. Um, Okay, what would this house look like with fresh paint and fresh carpet or, you know, an updated backyard or, or that type of thing? I'm seeing that a lot. So days on the market, how good of an indicator is that? So you walk up to the front door, the buyer says, hey, Rip, how many days on the market is this? You look it up and it's 27 days. Yes. Does that mean anything? It's uh, it, To us, not a whole lot. But I am seeing a lot of the buyers saying, at 25 to 30 days, okay, what's wrong with the house? I'm like, what's wrong with the house? Nothing. It's but barely on the market. <laughs> yeah. They're probably then two open houses maybe, right? You know, so it's like, no. So that's why buyers and sellers need a coach. They need a realtor. Um, 
because I sure don't panic at 25 days. I did on my own house. Yes. But, <laughs> but, but I don't, it's, it, we've been in the market for so long that 25 days is still short. Well, we could be in the Midwest where you wait six months mm. after snow. <laughs> yeah, good point. So, and the other thing is I want to remind everybody also is one of your favorite sayings is to keep it local. You want to use your local real estate agent, um, maybe not necessarily a friend or family member from out of the area to try to list your home. So you want a local real estate agent that knows the neighborhood, that knows the market, that has their hand on the pulse of what is going on. Oh, i got to tell you something that's this just came to mind when you said local and mm-hmm. what's going on here. I happen to have three houses, similar size houses, that I'm involved in um, in escrow right now. All three of them are two-bedroom, one-bath, about eight, 900 square feet, mm-hmm. and older homes, older areas. Now, here's the funny thing. I have one in Fresno, and it's $150,000. Right. I uh, I made a referral to South South Dakota, Sioux yeah. Falls, South Dakota. Two-bedroom, one-bath, 900 square feet in escrow, $70,000. I was going to say under 100 yeah. Um, I brought keys to another to a realtor in the Los Angeles area on Monday, a two-bedroom, one-bath, 101 years old. Take a guess. Uh, 800,000. <laughs> uh, 500. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, it probably would have been 800,000 if it wasn't next to a 7-Eleven. There you go. Okay, there's a there's yeah. a reduction. <laughs> so, wow, what, what a difference. Right. Uh, so from seventy thousand in South Dakota mm-hmm. to five half a million dollars in Southern California. Yeah, well, I had a lady ask me for some help selling a lot in uh, Montana. For, it's an acre lot, so I did some price comparisons. Fourteen thousand hmm. dollars. So I just told her to call the local agent. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's like they're they're going to know that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So being local is really important. Oh, it's huge. And we talk about that all the time at, at our local association, even with the appraisers. Um, I mean, just You've been banging this drum for a long time about keeping local, and I totally understand why. Uh, from everything that's involved in a real estate transaction, you want to keep everything local. So who's best going to know the house? Mm-hmm. It's, it's your local folks. The neighborhood, we're involved in it. We live here. Our kids go to school here. So we know the area. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, just to uh, hear the ad- well earlier this week, I had a guy. I, I gave him a ride home. He gave me his address. I said, "Oh, you live in a Gary Mason built home." <laughs> he looked at me. He goes, "How do you know that?" <laughs> hey, I am your local realtor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, you I, also know how to tell the. Uh, I remember this from a long time ago. Um, how to find out where to go in Fresno without having a map. Yeah, it's called memory. <laughs> yeah, no, remember the street signs. You have the addresses and the directions. I remember that uh, you gave that a long time ago. So Yeah, actually it wasn't that long ago. Uh, it was a couple of months ago I gave that to the Young Professionals Network. Yeah, good. How to get around town without a GPS. Yeah. And, and why it's better, even if it takes a second longer than GPS, it's still better. Yeah. Because this way you're looking outside the... Uh, the windshield. Instead of inside. Yeah. That's a hey, great point from keeping a local. We're looking inside instead of outside. Ooh. Hey, you may have a new sound bite here. We're going to have yeah. to work on that during this commercial break. Yeah. So stay tuned because when we come back, we're going to have a perfectly laid out sound bite that you just go. came up with. All right. Thank you. 
welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're talking with, with Rip Hovde, the um, sales manager of Remax Gold here in Fresno. Yes, sir. And um, we're talking about what's happening in the market. I think another big thing that's happening in the market right now, and I'd like to get your feedback, Rip, is appraisals. Um, it would seem like with the markets stabilizing, being more normal, that we would have fewer appraisal issues. Uh, I'm seeing more appraisal <laughs> issues right now. I'm also seeing uh, appraisals coming in light, um, short. So we've had several in our office over the past 10 days, um, a few over $20,000 shortage. Um, on one of my deals personally, it just came in $4,000 short. So 4000 is not a big deal, but... In the eyes of the buyer, it's it's something they have to deal with, and it's also with the seller. Everybody's got to look at it from everybody involved in the transaction, from lending. Um, so, but the shortages I'm seeing, it seems like we go in a bubble, we come up in the in the market, and then the appraisers catch up, and it was not so fast and furious like back in the old days when we'd see a, a big swing. We have to wait for the appraisers to catch up. Mm-hmm. And now we're not. Now we're seeing it. It's like okay. So now we're just trugging along, and um, now we're seeing them come in some shortages again. So maybe we've hit this plateau again, and we're waiting for the market to catch up with the price. Now some appraisers, well, one that I'm thinking of, told me that. Uh, I mean, I think he's trying to be ahead of the market, and he's try, He's a gloom and doom guy, mm-hmm. and he he did come in low, and he goes, "Oh, you don't know where the market's going," and it's like, "Well, you don't either." Yeah, (laughs) the appraisal is a snapshot of the value of time of the home, period. Mm -hmm. And um, that's another thing for um, the listening audience to know that we want to make sure we keep even the local with the local appraisers. Some of these banks that are out of the area, Internet banks out of the the state, out of the country, out of the state banks, they have their own pool of um, appraisers through their appraisal management company, and they may not be from our local area. They could be from out of the area, so that's where... The listing agent and the buyer's agent need to be really keep their hands on the pulse of the buyer's lender. Um, not that that's going to affect the deal, but just so we know ahead of time, uh, how do we prepare for when the appraiser comes? I had an appraiser come from out of, out of town, and it was a um, out-of-town lender who used an out-of-the-area appraisal. appraisal management center. I should have known I was in trouble when I'm waiting at the house over by Herndon and Maple. Mm. And the guy calls me, and he said he's lost. And I said, well, where are you at? And he said, well, see, I'm right by Herndon and Valentine. Oh. <laughs> I go, oh, man, you cannot be from Fresno. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. So anyway, and sure enough, he gets there, and he said, oh, I already pulled up some comps. And I looked at his comps that he had there, and they were from south of Herndon. I mean, you know, he did a one-mile radius. But it's a different school district, mm-hmm. different age group of homes. Fortunately, he took my comps. Yeah, <laughs> so, got lucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he realized that he was a fish out of water. Yeah, they should turn them down. I mean, personally, that's just part of the whole deal. They should just turn those down if they're not proficient in the area. Mm-hmm. It's part of the appraisal class I went to. Um, if you have a unique property and it's in a gated community, as I say, you can ask the appraiser, have you ever done any appraisals in this neighborhood? Mm-hmm. And if they say no, say thank you very much, and call the lender and say, you know, you need to reassign this. 
At what point do you ask that? When they call? To call to set up the appointment. So okay. you might ask you a few questions. Mm-hmm. So what if they um, just go out there because they're a member of the multiple listing service? They have lockbox yeah. access? Yeah, they're still supposed to notify us before they go out. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, so what can a buyer and a seller do? What should they do? And I'll just throw out an example. An appraisal comes in $5,000 low. Yep. What, what should the buyer and seller do? And, and let's say it's in the $300,000 price range. So, I mean, if it was at the $800,000 price range and 5000 bucks, it doesn't mean as much. No, sure doesn't. Well, you say low 300, so chances are the buyer still could be FHA. So if it's an FHA buyer, they um, typically can't pay over the appraised value unless they have the money out of the pocket to pay the difference. Um, FHA will, will not let them pay over, so they can contribute. But most of these people don't have that much money to pay over. They want to do some improvements on the home. Mm-hmm. So typically how it works is we get the appraisal. Um, the listing agent calls the buyer's agent and says, hey, we have a problem. Uh, the appraisal came in short. And at that point, it's uh, between the listing agent and buyer's agent. Uh, okay, let's see what we can do. Buyer's agent calls the buyer, says the appraisal came in short. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> basically. So then they're going to say, okay, I want to do an addendum, reduce the sales price uh, to match the appraised value. So then the buyer's agent calls the listing agent and says, hey, uh, buyer wants to reduce the price. Then it's up to the listing agent and seller to have that realistic conversation. Mr. Seller, we have a $5,000 shortage. Uh, what would you like to do? Well, I want the full price. Well, I understand that, but let me explain what's going to happen. Um, this buyer does not have the money uh, to pay the difference, so we've already been on the market 67 days. Um, if we reject this offer and go back on the market, we could be on the market another 67 days, possibly, in this current market. Your monthly payment's about $2,200, $2,300 a month. Two payments, we're now at 5000 and it's a vacant home. <laughs> and, and it's vacant now. Don't the other thing keep in mind, you have to, for homeowners out there, for sellers out there that are listing and they have their home listed and it's vacant, make sure you contact your, your insurance agent uh, to update your insurance information with your agent. Yeah, that's good. So let me throw out a scenario that happens. And let's not say it's FHA. It's conventional. Sure. So this is freely negotiable. Um comes in $5,000 low, and the buyer makes a request and says, okay, seller, I want you to lower your price, $5,000. And the seller says, yeah, I will, but I'm taking away the $5,000 in closing cost concession I gave you. And that happens all the time. Uh, Okay. Uh, Buyer says, oh, wait a minute. That was part of the deal. Yeah, it was part of the deal, so was the price. (laughs) <laughs> ah, excellent answer. <laughs> so, and let me tell you, Don, I had that conversation uh, with my agents and, and with my buyers up front. Uh-huh. So, and uh, I'll be honest with you, a lot of times, if the seller's asking for concessions, we put it in, we put it in there that if the appraisal comes in short, the closing costs will be reduced um, in the same manner and the same price amount. So we have this conversation ahead of time, so the buyer's expectations are known up front as well as the seller. We know that Mr. Seller, that if the price goes down. Uh, we, we understand that you're going to reduce the closing costs. And I think that's a fair that's a fair deal. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Now, um, some people do the old-fashioned, well, we'll meet in the middle. That's great. Uh, now, that means the buyer needs to come, come up, up with $2,500 cash. Correct, and that's where we have to come back 
it was communication and talked to the loan officer. Listen, the appraisal came in short. We need to make sure that he has the cash, the extra 2500 to close, and it's not going to affect his debt-to-income ratio or the closing of the transaction. I got a great idea. What if the uh, seller gave him a gift of 2500 bucks? That would be a concession. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that That's was, a good one. Yeah. Um, I think the underwriters aren't going to go for that one, though. Well, here's uh, the other thing, Don. That's a great point, though. At, at the end of the transaction, we see things that happen in the real estate world. You know, things happen. Uh, prime example, uh, deal getting ready to close. They're due, the buyer's doing their final walkthrough. They go out back, and there's a gardener cutting down a tree. I'm like, what? what? Well, no, they're supposed to be trimmed, but the gardener didn't get the right information, so he cut it down. Ah. So now you have an issue. So now the buyer wants uh, a new tree or 500 bucks, right? Yeah. Well, now if loan docs are already out, you can't do the $500 because loan docs are already out. Now you have to redo the whole deal. You know, that's a big beef of mine is uh, in 2010 with the Dodd-Frank Act, they yeah. came uh, around with all these regulations that really limit the buyer and the seller. They're hurting the buyer and the seller. So those um, end-of-the-escrow transactions that used to occur, and for good reason, mm-hmm. a simple mistake like yep. that. Um, or, you know, the, the seller tried to fix the dishwasher, but it couldn't. Right. And so they're going to give a new one to the buyer, but... The buyer need, wants to pick their own. They can't do that stuff anymore. Yeah, or the it, buyer wants it installed before close of escrow, and it was they, it's going to record. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I want an addendum stating a dishwasher be installed before close of escrow. Wait a minute, I have to give that to the um, buyer's agent, and the buyer's agent sh- has to give that to the lender. Mm-hmm. So this is a prime example of how overregulation yeah. really hurts the consumer. Yes, it, not so it. It doesn't really protect the consumer so much from the predatory lenders out there, or the no. so-called pre- predatory lenders. Right. Um, it, it really limits what they can do, and that, that's a shame. Well, it, hands, it, it ties everybody's hands at the end of the transaction, so it's like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it causes a lot of drama. I think it causes a lot of unneeded um, drama and stress in real estate. We all know real estate... It's very stressful. You know, buying a home is supposed to be a pleasant, uh, joyous time in your life. Sometimes it gets very stressful. Mm-hmm. So it's just, we're trying, as a professional real estate agent, to make this process for you as smooth as possible. There you go. And I think you recently had a smooth transaction. I had a, I recently had a great transaction. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about that when we get back from the commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. That walk-up music always gets me fired up. It's yeah, like, it. yeah, put me in, Coach. I'm, I'm ready. ready. That's it. Okay. So uh, for the next one, we're going to ask what your walk-up music's going to be. No, yeah. You'll have a few minutes to think about it. I already got it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so what are some of the benefits of dealing locally? Well, some of the great benefits of dealing locally are um, agents are working together. 
So regardless of what company they are, I will tell you that in the Fresno market, we have some really good agents, and I'm really proud of our local association for the training that they provide. Um, the leadership that they give us is um, bar none. Prime example, we went to Ledge Day. There was a lot of Fresno Association of Realtors there, and we had a really good representation. So I'm really proud of our local group. Yeah. Ledge Day is when uh, realtors from all over the state convene in Sacramento, and we talk to our legislators yes. about laws that are good and laws that are bad. And ugly. And ugly. Good, the good, the <laughs> bad, and the, and the ugly. ugly. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I was there. That was, that was really good. So, and just to keep a, a reminder of, um, to the listeners that the realtors are the, the, the largest lobbyist group in the state of California protecting home ownership rights and also property value rights. So just to throw that out there. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, there is a bill that's moving along through Sacramento that is very onerous towards mm. property rights. And the California Association of Realtors is working hard on that to mitigate it or to, to keep it palatable. At, at bay. At bay, yeah. Or kill it. Yeah, <laughs> we'd like to kill it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, so we mentioned kind of something different happening in the market, and sometimes we see buyers going into escrow yes. and then getting scared. Yes. Or what some people call squirrely. Yeah, or buyer's remorse, I guess, would probably be the best thing. I would say also uh, we have a lot of first-time home buyers coming in the market. It's their biggest uh, purchase in their lifetime. We have a lot of people from other areas coming into Fresno. Um even out of the country, um, buying homes now, and they've never experienced this. Maybe even in their in their family, in their their mom and dad, or somebody else has never even experienced. So, it's uh, it's a first time for them. It's a big it's a big deal. So we see a lot of them getting nervous. Um, they expect a lot of things, and that's where it behooves a local real estate agent and the buyer's agent, especially. Uh, to set the expectations up front with the buyer. That way we can avoid a lot of this stuff. So where I see it getting uh, squirrely is they come in and we start doing our inspections, pest inspection, home inspection. Now, some of the buyers, they will look at the home inspection like a fix-it list for the seller. But that's not being realistic. That's where um, the seller can can do some items if they so choose, health and safety. But then... Um, some of these guys, they expect the, the uh, seller to fix everything. And that's being unrealistic. unrealistic. And then it's going to, um, you know, it's like buying a used car. We see issues when you buy a used car. Even buying a brand new house, you can do an inspection and still have something come up. So it's just. They are man-made after all. Right. Yeah, so there's going to be issues. But, you know, it's just where the agent, the buyer's agent can set the expectation with the, the uh, buyer and say, listen, uh, this is not a fix-it list. And then one thing I, I tried to text you last week when you were on the show with Gretchen, I'm like, hey, listen, on the re- repair, uh, repair for, uh, request for repairs from the buyer to the seller, at the top it says, uh, buyer, seller does not even have to, seller does not even have to acknowledge this addendum. <laughs> so, yeah. just FYI. So. Yeah. Yeah. And here's something I notice is a change of focus. Mm. So, when the buyer makes that offer, they're focused on the real things, which are the the location value, yes. the the size of the home, the schools, the schools, yeah, uh, the warm feeling they get when they walk in. Now, all of a sudden, 
two weeks later, the home inspection, you're dealing with the the most changeable part of the whole thing, and that is the condition. Right. And I've seen people change their focus from excited over the location to extremely worried about yeah. the sprinkler valve right. that's leaking. Right. Or, and that yeah. the seller won't fix. Yes. I mean, it's all it's, it's a lot of minor things. So, you know, you're looking at a handyman and a couple hundred dollars fixes almost all these problems. Mm-hmm. If they, if you know, if you have that um, experience with a good handyman, you get almost all this stuff fixed, like from the water heater not being strapped correctly, smoke detector hanging from the ceiling. I mean, it's all little stuff. Or the uh, faucet uh, plunger not working correctly. All these little things could be handled uh, very minor. But some other things that come up that makes it a little bit more difficult. So I have one in escrow around six hundred thousand dollars. So I'm saying that in to put it in perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the seller was so worried about the request for repairs and all these things that the buyer was asking for. I asked him to let me do my job. Yep. Let let me take the lead here. He let me. I, we just got an invoice last night for all the repairs. Three hundred and sixteen dollars. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's like let's keep it in perspective. I mean, I, I could look at that stuff and say, wow, he can knock that out in ten minutes. Yeah. Also, Don, that's another uh, great point for the the listing agents out there and and sellers. When a listing agent comes to see you, Mr. Seller, we recommend you do a pest inspection up front, and we also recommend you do a home inspection before we even put it on the market. And the reason we do that is to take all this. Um, potential drama off the table for you because if we do it up front then we can have it fixed you can fix it a handyman can fix it or whoever you want to fix it after we're in contract technically it should be fixed by a contractor mm-hmm. now the price goes up so let's alleviate the drama um, and take this whole part of the negotiations off the table for everybody mm-hmm. so the, the house has been inspected the pest reports done um, if you have termites let's correct it all right now, you were saying first-time home buyers are big in the market, and one thing I know that a realtor is very important with first-time home buyers, and that is in managing expectations. Yes. And part of that is a first-time home buyer is going to get a ton of third-party advice. Yes. Now, hard to say third-party when it's the mom and dad or the grandparents who are gifting them the down payment. Yes. But here's what happens so often. A young couple goes out and they look for homes. They look at 10, 12, 13 homes. Um, A lot of them are no way, not even close. They finally find the best one. They go into escrow. And then that's when the parents come and look. Yeah. So they're not seeing the bad ones. No. And they want to be protective of their child. And so they point out that leaky sprinkler valve. Yep. They, uh, you know... It's easy for them to change the focus of the whole thing. Well, then again, you see, it comes back to keeping it local. So when we're talking to our, our clients, buyers or sellers, we ask, is there anybody else involved in making this decision for you? Mm-hmm. If we know it's a first-time home buyer, hey, is mom and dad coming? you have anybody else coming with you to look at houses? Okay. So we always try to make sure and set that expectation so we know who we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then you got to have, as you look, you have to, a first-time home buyer or any buyer, needs to build the confidence in themselves that they're making the right decision. Correct. I remember bringing my mom into the home we were buying. Five steps in the door, bang, she she said, 
Hey, you paid her too much. <laughs> I like it. I go, how do you know? Yeah. You're a seamstress. I'm a broker. Yeah, right. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> of course, right after that, uh, God made a recession, and my uh, mom ended up being right. So uh, the moral of the story is never... Listen to Mom. Yeah, never doubt your parents. <laughs> oh, okay. No, but listen to Mom and Dad for sure, uh, but also make sure you listen to a professional real estate agent, uh, especially a full-time professional real estate agent that knows the market, that they're a local agent. Um, they're going to give you the best advice possible. Mm-hmm. Here's another. It's not just fear that's causing some of our our issues in our, our market today. I think part of it, too, is there's a lot of contingency buyers right now. That's starting to pop up again, yes. Yeah. And, of course, a, a first-time home buyer starts a chain reaction. Correct. They, they buy one. The next people buy and, and yep. sell and buy. Um with a, a contingency offer, that's where the buyer is also selling, things can go wrong on both sides. Correct. And co- so you have kind of like double the the whammy. Yeah, no, it could be it could be real bad because you could have, you know, three, four, or five legs on a contingent offer. So that means like a house of cards. If one card falls, they all fall. Yeah. So that's where communication, again, between the listing agent and buyer's agents are critical. I'm starting to see some... Um, Remarks that say this this uh, this is in the MLS offering uh, contingent upon seller finding a replacement home. Yep, is that a wise thing to do? Um, it, it's, if you want to sell, it, it's going to be unwise here real quick if the market keeps shifting uh, towards a buyer's market. Right now, I think it's a I say it's just a good healthy market. Three mm-hmm. percent um, increase over the year. Uh, we still have a lot of buyers out there. So if, if it does turn, that's going to be unwise for the seller. My recommendation is sell the home, find a temporary residence, and then start looking. Because what's going to happen is someone else is going to come in, and they're going to not, ha- not going to have that contingency, and you're going to lose the house you're, that you want. Good point. Another option, because interest rates are so low, sell, uh, excuse me, buy first, yes. and then sell second. Correct. So yeah. you're doing two separate transactions. Correct. And then some lenders have bridge loans over there where you can do that with the loan if you need to. But mm-hmm. I've seen that happen from people from the Bay Area coming down, buying here, and doing a bridge loan for the house down here mm-hmm. or paying uh, cash. Yeah. A bridge loan would be where you get a temporary loan uh, off the equity in your, your old house Correct. to buy the new one. Short term. Yeah, short term. Here's another one I just um, ran into, and it's called a recast. So you you buy the new home, and let's just say you have a loan balance of four hundred thousand on there, but and then when you sell your other house a few months later and you get an extra hundred thousand dollars, you can apply it apply it to the principal, and they will recast or reamortize the loan. So your payment went from twenty eight hundred dollars now down to eighteen hundred, well, and this might be six months after you close the escrow. See, why didn't they think about this stuff a long time ago, Don, like 2008? And yeah. just a reverse of the recast when the market popped. They didn't have to raise the rates with these adjustables. They could have stayed put and left them alone. I remember when all this stuff, I called Radonovich's office, our senators, Barbara Boxer, Barbara Feinstein's office, even a couple of guys at HUD. So listen, you do not, I was lending at that point. Uh-huh. Um, you do not have to adjust these mortgages. It's not set in stone. You don't have to leave them put. Try to stave this. Nope. You know, even the county tax collector figured that one out right? because they had the right to go up 2% a year, yeah. but they didn't because they were wise. Yeah. And there was a lot fewer tax 
lien sales than there were mor- yeah. mortgage defaults. Yeah. With that in mind, we're going to our next commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN on your digital dial. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. So we asked Rip Hobby, what what do you want your walk-up music to be? It has to be, play that funky music, white boy. All right. <laughs> that's your song. That's huh? my song. All right. Um, and the funky music you're talking about would have been my walk-up yeah. music. Put, of me, put in me in coach. coach. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Who Whoever said this show was all serious? Nah. There you go. All right. Let's talk about... Why Fresno? Fresno County. Why should people move here? Earlier in the show, we talked about those two-bedroom homes being priced at 70000 over in South Dakota, half a million dollars in Los Angeles, 150 here. Yeah, a million dollars in Palo Alto. Yeah. yeah. So, why Fresno? Great question. First of all, we, we, you talked about this in the past, is uh, in the state of California, your down payment money, you can buy a house here, mm-hmm. right? It's a great location. People are friendly. I call it a jumping-off place for anywhere in the state of California. Where can you go in two and a half hours? In two and a half hours, go to Yosemite, the Sequoias, Shaver Lake. You can even go to Pismo in two and a half hours. Uh, the Bay Area. You got the anything you want right here. But the thing to remember: it's affordable. It's not so stinking expensive here that you're going to choke yourself trying to live. But it sure is two hours from here. Right. They're dying. A million five for a seven hundred sixty-eight square foot home. Wow. Really? And that's in Palo Alto. Palo Alto. Yeah, or even San Francisco. You're looking for a place that's you know two million dollars and it's a shack. In our opinion here, so I know it's everybody's perspective, but still. Mm-hmm. And you know it is true that you can. We're such a diverse state. Um, I did this back when I was young, and when you're young, you do things just because they sound cool, right? <laughs> so. In the morning, I went up and I went snow skiing at uh, China Peak. Yeah. And then I drove down the hill all the way to the coast, and I went body surfing in the evening. Now, that's that's a great idea. See, I'm glad you did that because that was something I wanted to do someday. But I'm glad you brought that up. That would be uh, probably a great video, a live video, just to show for Fresno on what you can do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but back when I did it, I don't think they had invented video yet. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> or well, maybe that's it would have been. Eight. Yeah, it would have been in black and white. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but that's that's something to think about. You could actually go snow skiing in the morning, and go surfing in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, where can you do that anywhere in this country? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, and and um, and still live in an affordable home. Right. I mean, gas is still you know it's still high here, but that's going to be because we where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we have it's the same issues that everybody else has, but we don't have the high price of housing. Mm-hmm. So if somebody says, ah, you know, California is getting getting outrageous mm-hmm. prices, uh, the affordability is, is tough here. It is. But they need to open their eyes towards the Central, Fres- Valley. The Central Valley. Yeah. However, you made a comment uh, last time I talked to you about, you hope not everybody hears about it because you yeah. kind of like the traffic pattern here. I love the way it is right now, guys. We can get around. I can get from my office. I can get anywhere in Fresno and Clovis in about 25 to 27 minutes if you know which way to go, uh, which lane to get in, all this mm-hmm. stuff. But 
it's still you can still get around and get things done. Mm-hmm. And of course, realtors know which lane to get in and you how to, to get around. And standard lane. Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as they're not you know looking at their phone and GPS, they yeah, can stay in their lane. Well, that's why we pay attention to you because then we know how to read the street signs. Yeah. And real briefly, what that is, is is there's a numbering system in Fresno and Clovis, and and actually in most cities uh, uh, in America. And if you learn that that system, you'll know where where you are. Uh, You'll know what side of the street the home is on by its address. Is an an odd or even number. Um, You know that if it's the 5,000 block north of a street, that you are at Shaw Avenue. Right. If it's the 7,000 block, you know that you're at Herndon Avenue. Right. So. Yeah, those, those are great tips. And that's something that uh, a lot of us forgot about. So mm-hmm. you get stuck with your phone, and that's all you pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. I had a lady one time call and say, I want you to know right up front I'm going to be interviewing three agents. I said, good. Yeah. That's fine. And then uh, as we were talking, I said, well, what's the um, – or she asked if I knew the neighborhood. I said, I do. Um, you know, and she gave me the address. I said, besides that, I would love this listing because it's one block from Sam's Italian Delicatessen. Yeah. She goes, oh, my God, you do know the neighborhood. And I knew that based on the address. Right. She ended up not even interviewing the other two agents because, hey, I was a neighborhood expert. Yeah, why was she? Either that or an expert on Italian (laughs) food. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think real estate has to take a backseat to that one, knowing good Italian food. There you go. So what else is there about Fresno that is a good thing and why this is a great place to, to live? Well, first of all, most people know me. I'm a Fresno State Bulldog football fan. I'm, I love Fresno State football. Um, the era of Fresno State from Sweeney, Pat Hill to Tedford are doing a lot for our community. We're bringing some good kids. We're getting a lot of exposure for Fresno State College, so our university, excuse me. And then the, these kids can come back and give back. So it's it's fun to watch these kids talk to them, watch them grow up and play football. I love college football. I'm not so much a big pro football fan anymore. It's too much drama. But I love watching these guys just get go out there and play and learn. And I love to watch the way, you know, put me in coach, Coach Tedford and his team, how they grab these guys and they turn them into a team. And then I even went to a bowl game in Vegas, and that was a great game. Mm-hmm. So that's that's probably my, my biggest thing is Fresno State football uh, with, with um, Fresno as well as Yosemite and the parks and everything else we have. But here's the thing, affordability. You can buy a season pass for four folks. Um, in the third section or fourth section, like 440 bucks. Okay, mm-hmm. for all every home game for four people, you can't even go to a movie with four people and buy soda and popcorn for less than that. So it's one of the best values in in town is buying a season ticket at Fresno State football. All right, this is a free advertisement. That was free as of Fresno yeah. State football. <laughs> Thanks to Welcome Home Radio. Yes, keeping it local. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, our university really does play a big part. I've seen yes. so many people that are in our, they're, they're, um, in our real estate industry that moved to Fresno because yep. of Bulldog Sports. Correct. In fact, Gary Carter, one of our, yeah. one of our directors, yep. just newly elected director, yep. he came here to play baseball. Yep, and he was a bagger with me at Vaughn's back in the old days. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, he turned out to be a good guy. Yeah. Wow, you too. Yep, anyways. 
All right. So, uh, climate, you, you got it. Oh, yeah. Good night. Look at So, Fresno, we do get some heat, right? But we've been un, unseasonably cool, which is beautiful. I mean, where can you go? I know it's hot, but after that, we have a, a great time of weather. We don't have all the extremes. We don't have so much snow that you can't walk around. We barely even get any snow. By the way, 10 years, we'll get a dusting maybe, or 15 now maybe. But the uh, we can deal with it. If you have a pool, you know, jump in the pool, cool off. That's why we had pools in the old days. Mm-hmm. We didn't have AC. If you wanted to get cooled off, you jump in the pool. Yeah. And we got to put it in perspective, too. Maybe think outside the box. I, I remember one time apologizing to some buyers that I was showing around. It was 108 degrees, and I said, yeah. you know, it's normally not this hot. He goes, oh, this isn't bad at all. He goes, you should try Baltimore, where we're from, on, at, at 95 degrees. Yeah, and 100% humidity. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah, I grew up in the Midwest and the South as well. Mm-hmm. And you get to 95 and 100% humidity, people start dying. Where'd you grow up at? Uh, Champaign, Urbana, Illinois, and then moved to Florida, about the whole state of Florida. I was leading on that, you know, it's still a growing up process yes, for you. Yes, it so is. You're still growing up in Fresno. Oh, I've been here since 1990, though. So I've been here longer than anywhere else in my life. All right. And obviously you like it? I like Fresno. I, would, I don't want to go anywhere else. Great. Well, and I know you're a constant listener to Welcome Home Radio. I am. You, you often comment on things that were said by other, other guests. Well, I want to thank you, Rip, and thank all our listeners for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio. And we'll be back next week with Assemblyman Jim Patterson on the show. I'll be listening. Great. (laughs) 